Hey guys, welcome to the Real SD Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick O'Connor with Market Real Estate, and we meet with San Diego's most dynamic entrepreneurs, creatives, artists, and professionals to talk about our city, business, food, music, and what inspires us most. So join in and meet your neighbors. All right, so today I have my friend Elise Briand who's joining us, and her Instagram name is Culinary Gardener. The Culinary Gardener. The Culinary Gardener. And um, so I'll put that in the show notes stuff so you can link to it and find her afterwards. Um, but she does all these really cool fermenting classes. And um, so it's some really neat stuff that I wanted to have her on and talk about. And I actually grew up with her, so I've known her my whole life, which is really fun. So she's been a friend forever. Yeah. And... Um, so the record today that we picked, we do we do a record of the day every day, and so she picked Bob yeah. Dylan, "Blood on the Tracks." Classic Bob Dylan. It is. I love it. "Simple Twist of Fate" is probably like one of my favorite songs ever. That's why I picked it. Mm-hmm. So, um, cool. So tell us. So what's like? Of course, everyone's in quarantine right now. So what's like daily life been like? What are you guys doing? Um, well, so my little business called the culinary gardener, Mm -hmm. um, had to be basically a hundred percent shut down. Um, so I was doing events and like in-person workshops, so that's non-existent. Um, so actually it didn't really change that much for me. I work for a nonprofit in national city and Mm -hmm. so I've been still working there. Um, so you do both those things. So like your day-to-day stuff is working with the nonprofit company and then you're also doing the culinary gardener where like people will hire you for events and like parties and like, um, like cooking catering things. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so you'll so, go there and bring stuff or do you like teach people on the spot? No. So they're, they're, they're two separate things. So at the, at the nonprofit, I'm a, a nutrition educator. So I teach adults how to cook um more nutritious food with like ingredients that they have on hand or like plant-based or um more like what people are interested in learning like trying to use their CSA boxes or whatever they're doing um but that's like that's like separate but within that I still teach like fermentation and pickling and all those things but like my business is separate from that but yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same, but different. Like, they're just two different parts of yeah. my life that sort of like mesh well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I could use nutrition advice. I had gelato for dinner last night, so. <laughs> um, we all do that. Yeah, <laughs> and so that was cool because you you go like in person and go to some of these like events and stuff, and people would. Um, like you would bring supplies and then people could kind of like, um, like do some of the fermenting stuff with you, like chop vegetables and you tell them like what they're doing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So for the culinary gardener, my company, I have like sort of three different outlets. I'll have like workshops and like in-person classes. So I'll bring everything to the class. Um, I'll have like a sauerkraut class. I'll bring all the materials and I'll bring mm-hmm. all of the, um, like jars and the equipment and the food and we'll all make it together and everybody goes yeah. home with a jar um actually like this it'll be exactly like this with like a little yeah. top and a weight um yeah. so everybody goes home with something and then i also in addition to that do 
pickle parties, which is like a private mm. home event. So you can hire me to come to your home and have like, instead of having maybe a housewarming party, we have a pickle party and everybody makes something and learns and like drink yeah. wine and it's super fun. Yeah, because um, people have like, um, like those like clothes swap parties and yeah, like all that yeah. kind of stuff. So it's like that, but you're actually like, uh, you're like getting something out of it with like food. Yeah, totally. Or just like girls night or like yeah. couples night. If you just like something different and people are super into pickles right now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. And like fermenting and like kimchi and kombucha and all that kind of stuff. Like that's why I thought it was, it'd be fun to talk about it. Cause like I've been get, like drinking kombucha every day now for like the last couple months. And it's like, they're, it's one of the few things I feel like where there was like a, like a physical difference. I feel like when I drink it every day, as opposed mm -hmm. to like just getting up and drinking coffee every day, I kind of like substituted it for that. And it's like, I yeah. can def definitely tell it like makes me feel better. So it's like, it's interesting. And that's like yeah. kind of general, general public kind of like knows about all this kind of stuff more. It's because like on Netflix, there's a lot of, a lot of the cooking shows where they're talking about like fermenting and you know, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So, um, <laughs> but like, what do you like, what's, why do you think that kind of stuff is more popular now as opposed to in the past? What, like, um, I think that there's sort of a movement for people to like know their farmer, know where their food is coming from, like sort of go back to the roots. And there's people that are interested. Um, I think we've lost a lot of the skills that we've previously had, like making mm -hmm. our own food, being able to preserve our own food, being able to like use our hands to make things. So I think people are sort of searching for that. And, and that's coming out now and people want to learn how to like relearn these skills. And so I think people are just also interested in like how to become healthier. Like there's so much research in other countries, especially like mm -hmm. everybody eats pickle, like a pickled item with their meals. Like in the Middle East, they're always eating yogurt with their meals. Like people yeah. are, have been eating fermented foods for like generations and like for like throughout history. Mm -hmm. And we've sort of, especially in the West, especially in the U.S., have forgot that. And so I think it's super important to bring it back and then have, like, the conversation about, like, why it's healthy. Like, what are those microbes doing for our gut health? What, are the, what is your gut health doing for the rest of your, like, holistic health? Like, yeah. it's all connected. And yeah. so I think that people are just searching for that because it's such a missing piece. And we've just got so far away from it that it's – yeah just something that people like you said yeah. you feel better. well and it's a lot i think it has a lot to do with like our rushed schedules so people sort of back burner like the preparation of food and it's, and it's because it has to be out of convenience to fit so much into your day and all that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. learning how to like meal prep or meal plan or like put more effort into the stuff that can then last you for like a week of cooking or something like that that i think is right like helpful um and like especially right now it's like people have food on on their shelves that they don't know how to use and we're like we're like trying to limit our trips to the grocery store and try to figure mm -hmm. out like how to how to make your food last more than two days before it spoils and so for sure and that's where like fermentation and pickling is like a really great skill because for example i had these carrots in my fridge for like a couple weeks and yeah. carrots don't really go bad but like they're starting to get softer they're starting to go like you know get floppy yeah. like, like the ones we get at the floppy. farmer's market by if we get them on saturday by wednesday they're like you have to cook them because they start getting like rubbery and then yeah just like, like floppy yeah yeah mm -hmm. and so like using fermentation as a way to like preserve your food and then like save it for later and eat it later and then mm -hmm. also like make it more nutritious i think it's like a huge benefit especially now when people are like actually in their kitchens doing things and then bringing this skill 
out of this <laughs> crazy yeah. time, like yeah, our yeah. real lives. Yeah, it's like it, people have time right now to learn something like that where they can learn and then it becomes like a habit moving forward if it's something that you like doing and getting into. So like learning the, like the the pieces of how to how to do it is like right now is a great time to figure all that stuff out. So, um, sure. and you were talking about like gut health and all that kind of stuff. So like what is like the, like some general benefits of this kind of stuff for like your, your gut health and your biome and all that kind of thing. Sure. Um, so I think also I'm going to like, do a little teaching moment. A lot of people mm -hmm. think that um, pickles, like any sort of pickle is good for you. And yeah. like, yes, it can be. But when people are talking about like pickles that are good for your gut, they're talking mm -hmm. about fermented foods and pickles. So if you're taking a pickle, um, like a pickle off the shelf that yeah, is like Vlasic, like, like a jar of Vlasic yeah, pickles with like the like, stork on it or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think of the like brand name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you take the jar off of, the store and it's like canned which means it's like completely dead of yeah. any sort of like good microbes and yeah. in a like white vinegar that's like basically a cleaning solution that's not like it's not gonna like be not beneficial but it's not what people are talking about when they're talking about like pickled foods and like fermented mm -hmm. foods being like good for your gut microbiome so yeah. when you have like fermented foods those are those are foods that where like the microbes are breaking down mm -hmm. um, sugars and proteins and creating lactic acid and lactic acid is what's preserving your food. And the lactic acid is what, um, it, yeah, the lactic acid is what's preserving your food. And then the microbes and the, and like all of that, like bacteria in there is what's good mm -hmm. for your gut health and your microbiome. Okay. Yeah. And there's like lots of studies showing that like the more gut flora and like different sorts of like, uh, microbes that are present is like beneficial for I mean like all sorts of things like your gut brain health has been like connected as something that like mm -hmm. recently has been like been studied more um I mean you're just gonna have like better flow yeah know? well there's oh, like, like the digestive, digestive part of it yeah like your your yeah. yeah like your digestive part of it but then there is also like you're saying like there's I think you, you can, you can think a little clearer sometimes. Like if you, if you feel like you're, you're eating better foods and you don't have like a bunch of junk that's clogging up your system, For like sure. it helps with like your, your, your mental capacity too, you know, like all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So it's like, it, yeah, I think it definitely has like dual benefits, like just good food and natural food. And then like you're saying stuff that like feeds your, your gut bacteria better. It just has digestive and mental kind of. Yep. You got like those enzymes in there that are helping break down food. Um, but also with fermented foods, like if you were trying to find them at the store, um, there's a lot of people doing them uh, at markets now. Like, yeah. I mean, we're not able to go to markets as much, but like mm. ordering them online or being able to like, if you are at the store, just go to your cold section. Like usually like mm. the live probiotic, like good for your gut pickles are in like the cold section. Yeah, yeah. So, so don't get don't get them off the like, warm shelf in the middle of the grocery store. Right, sauerkraut, yeah. kimchi, yeah, um, those types of like things that people are talking about more now. Those are yeah. like that's where you're gonna find them in your stores. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'd, I'd say like it's the stuff. It can be like a um, like an acquired taste. Like it's one of those things. Like you might not always like it at first. Like for me, I didn't really like kombucha or kimchi at first it was just like mm -hmm. too like tangy but it's also because I'd never had anything like that growing up right. so it's like one of those things you gotta like try with an open mind and like 
work work into it a little bit try it a little bit here and there and it's like it grows on you um, right and like or add them to certain recipes like i like to add sauerkraut to like especially um salads or like burritos mm. or like maybe add it to foods like because i think a lot of times people think they have to eat it yeah just plain just like and straight, that's yeah. like yeah yeah harder for people to like yeah. wrap their head around like that's a question i get all the time like well how do i use all these yeah. things that i'm inventing yeah. So like if you were making a salad for dinner tonight, like what would you, you would like chop up some lettuce and. Yeah. Like I would just make a regular salad, but then, so like I have these beets here, my, um, fermented beets that I made the other day. Mm -hmm. You can see the bubbles going. Oh yeah. Live, live and active. <laughs> um, so like what, like the other night we had a stew, um, like a beef stew and I put the pickles, like sort of chopped them up and sort of put them on top as like, um, like a garnish garnish that's yeah. the word mm -hmm. like a garnish or like with a salad i'll use like maybe some of the brine even as like to make a vinaigrette or oh, right on. um you can do like so many different things like with carrots you can even use the carrot sticks with like your dips um mm. you can use them the same way that you would fresh vegetables but they're yeah. just like giving you so much extra nutrition yeah so you just like lay them out on a platter and like you could dip them in hummus and it's basically the same thing they just have like a little bit different flavor to them now yeah or chop them up and put them in your salad um that's what i like to do also yeah. i like to put like all sorts of fermented foods in burritos like mm -hmm. just use that like nice tang mm -hmm. and then do you have to keep that stuff in the refrigerator or, or when it's like that you, you can basically like kind of keep it in the shelf or a pantry now um, so once you like, you'll ferment it on your counter and once it's mm -hmm. like to your liking, which you like, like it will become more sour over time. And so like when you like feel like that, it's usually like three to five days for like, um, more sugary, like mm -hmm. beets, carrots, um, asparagus, uh, cauliflower, things like that. Yeah. Those are like three to five day ferments. And then like sauerkraut is like two weeks usually. Okay. Uh, kimchi is usually like seven days like mm -hmm. i like um but whenever you're finished with your ferment you'll put you'll store it in your fridge and then that's where you're preserving it mm -hmm. the, the and then like the shelf life when it's in the fridge is like is it, it last longer than normal or is it like still yeah, you should like, eat it within no you you can i like have some ferments like that i like better when they're like age six months or so yeah, like yeah. you can definitely eat them like up to three months i usually eat them before that but like sa like sauerkraut specifically i like when it's like six months old yeah, yeah. like a depth like the depth of flavor all those microbe microbes are still working they're just slowed mm. way down so it's not doesn't stop fermentation completely just like the temperature slows it down enough to like preserve it for yeah, longer yeah right on that's cool um, and then let's go back. We'll get back to this stuff too. But one of the things that, um, I wanted to talk about again that we kind of like touched on is like, so we grew up in Massachusetts in central mass and that's like tiny little town. Like there's a lot of farms there. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. depending on where you grew up, you like, you couldn't see your neighbors through the trees. So it's like a lot different than San Diego, but sure. you got into doing like farming and stuff like that back there. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So after college, I moved to Seattle and then was there for four years, but I ended up moving home um, to Massachusetts where we grew mm -hmm. up and I did not think I was going to stay. Yeah. <laughs> that was something that going back as an adult was like a completely different experience, but yeah. I got a job on uh, in Peter Sam at that farm and I just like completely fell in love with it. It's like so beautiful, so green, yeah. like when it's nice out, it's just, you know, it's just 
it's beautiful there. Yeah. Um, but so I started working on this farm, started growing food and just like, was like, that's it. I love doing yeah. this. It's calling. And so you kind of handled the farm for the owner who wasn't on site, but they still wanted like a running operable farm. So it was kind of like being like a caretaker there. Um, And then, yeah. 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 And then then you guys would sell to like local distributors and. Yeah. So there was other employees there. So like, it was nice to have like a small working farm in a community that doesn't have a lot of opportunity for jobs. So like there was five or six of us that would like run the farm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we would go to small markets. We would go to um, like have a little CSA where people came to the farm to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly it was like local people who knew the owners and would come and like get meat and syrup and all yeah. sorts of different and things. And so CSA, that stands for Community Supported yeah. Agriculture or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so for who, people who don't know what a CSA is, that we have them here in San Diego as well. Mm-hmm. Um, CSA basically is a way to support your farmer um on the front side of the growing season usually so like usually you pay up front for like however long the season is four six eight twelve weeks however long and and a lot of times we did one and it was like a quarter so we had to pay in advance and basically we picked up every two weeks and it went for uh, three months i think so and Mm -hmm. so everything was like kind of seasonal based on like what that growing season was yeah and i think people are shifting the csas now too where like you can pay weekly or you mm-hmm. can pay monthly or you can pay uh up front for the whole season but it's just a way to support your farmer so that they're getting uh their money up front and yeah. or like they know that they're going to be supported while they're growing well and it's is- almost like a direct between grower and consumer too which is great because then sure. it's, it's eliminating that middleman that shipping that like refrigeration time it's it's kind of like you know, they harvest or package whatever they're doing. They bring it direct to whatever the CSA point is. And then mm-hmm. you, the end user is like going right there to get it. So it's like as few, mm-hmm. as few touch points as possible really between like your right. food and your, your farmer. So. And it's all seasonal. And sometimes you get to choose what's in it. Sometimes you don't, but I think that's like the exciting part of CSA sometimes yeah. because when you're, you're learning to grow with, or you're learning to cook and eat things that like maybe you aren't familiar with or didn't even know you liked. Yeah. And then um, actually some of them actually deliver to your doorstep, which is pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so there's different models, uh, but yeah. So anyway, we did we did things similar to that. Yeah. Um, but the reason I got into like fermenting food and like experimenting with food is because a lot of times there's like, what I found, we would go to the market and we wouldn't sell everything that we had. And so we'd have to bring it back to the farm. And then based on like laws and like these ridiculous things that people don't understand, we can't resell the food. Right. So then we'd have to take it home and, or give it to our friends or whatever. But then you have so much like seconds or leftovers. Mm. And then like, what do you do with this abundance of food? So one way to preserve it, you know, like, Lots of people can, lots of people ferment, lots of people um, freeze things. So fermenting for me was one of the ways that I just, I just love it and love the flavors. And so then learning about it, that's how I started, which was like 2011. I think yeah. Nice yeah. And then like the fringe benefit is it's like, it's less waste. It's like less, less um, like surplus that just gets kind of discarded or whatever or composted or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Like preserving all like yeah like i said like freezing it we would like can it we would we would ferment it and like for sure that's a way to yeah to eliminate all that waste and Mm. 
also use what we're growing. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. That's a bummer to see it all go. And then you guys also had llamas there, didn't you? Uh, we did. We had a beef herd. Uh, we had sheep at one point, and we had the llama. Did you, yeah, you did have llamas, right? And you had to well, like, chase, llama, you had to, like, like herd them with a stick, right? Yeah, the llama was there <laughs> to protect the sheep and the goats. We also had goats. Oh, right on. So how, how does that work? Like, what does the llama do? The, the llama, they can be, like, super... Um, it's like a sheepdog? Aggressive. Yeah, well, they're, like, so coyotes and stuff, they'll, like, spit at them and kick them. Like, oh, they're, no they're, shit. They're kind of intense. <laughs> like, have you ever been to those llama farms where they like spit at yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I guess they're known yeah. for that. Yeah. They're like pretty um, territorial. Yep. Oh, yeah. And so yeah, when yeah. you just had to like move the herd, like the herd around or something like that, they just kind of like walk around they're with them and hang out with herd. them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead funny. of a guard dog, basically, it was yeah. a llama. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. And then after that, like you were there for a couple of years doing that. And then, um, you ended up back out in San Diego because like your, your sister lives here. And so it was, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I visited San Diego, met yeah. a guy. That was it. Friends with. Yeah. <laughs> um, My best buddy boat. Best buddy boat. He yeah. was sad that I got asked to be on here before he did (laughs) (laughs) he'll be be my co-host for one of the next episodes he's like he's literally made for this like just hanging out and chatting so (laughs) for sure um so yeah i moved out here it was five years ago now yeah 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 i know time flies um yeah so now you're here and you're doing this stuff and so getting back to the culinary gardener Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about like some of your advice for like being more conscious and, and reducing impact, but like what are maybe, do you have like any other, like for someone who just wants to maybe get started now, like what would be some of like the really simple first things they could do to like eat better or like maybe if they wanted to try this? Um, well, I mean like to speak to this, like kind of weird time we're in, I think yeah. now is like probably the best time that you can support your local farmers like Mm -hmm. figure out like maybe what is around you like i actually have a list i don't know if you have links but like i have a Mm -hmm. list of like my favorite farms like yeah north county if you send those over to me i'll put them like in the description and show note and stuff because it'll have that and like how to sign up for your because you do zoom classes too and we'll talk about that in a second for for what those are Mm -hmm. yeah 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 but i think like especially now and and you touched on it like having a csa you're having like less touch points you're not having to go to the store Mm -hmm. you're not having to like sort of be unsafe like it's probably now like a safer way but also like you're supporting these small businesses supporting the farmers who are like making this i mean like putting their selves out there to like create this like nutritious delicious food for us so i would say like as much as you can support your local farmers, like know, know where to get your produce and yeah. like that. Um, <clears throat> but as far Find as out like, where your food's coming from, if you can for like as much you as can. possible. It's and I think now it's like even easier, especially with social media. Um, you know, even following your favorite restaurants, like sometimes your restaurants will link their farms that they're yeah. working with or mm-hmm. being able to like dig around, um, yeah on facebook even just to see like what sort of like what's happening around you where your food is coming from or like beverages like there's so many local companies doing like kombucha and um like even hard kombucha or Mm -hmm. just like 
so many people doing some cool stuff. Yeah. Well, so you just kind of like start, start looking around, but like try to get into, um, like knowing, knowing the local farmers basically is probably like the first thing and going to the farmer's markets. I think that's like the easiest, most accessible, like starting point for a lot of people. So. Right. And yeah. like, now that we're home, just like try to do some of your own research or like reach out, like reach out. I mean, I'm like, I'm on Instagram. Yeah. If you're not sure where to get something or you want some recommendations, reach out to people who like maybe in the industry or like maybe who have like some of that knowledge. Like, I think that's a tool that, that we can utilize for sure with yeah. this. Like last week we, um, so we go, we go to like this, um, like farm and they're like a butcher and that kind of stuff at the farmer's market every weekend. Um, so I started following them on social media and they have a shop in Miramar, which I didn't know. So like, you know, we can't do farmer's markets right now. So we like go to, go to yeah. Miramar to their shop and, and get it directly from them. But then they were telling us about like the other, um, like the people that we would get produce from at like the two or three stands down or whatever. So they gave yeah. us their Instagram and it's just like, you can get in touch with these people if you just like kind of like right. reach out and talk. So it's not like right. the world is like cut off and shut down. It's just, you got to exactly. reach out and talk to people. For sure. Exactly. There's a community of people who like do it. <laughs> for a yeah, yeah. And they all want to help each other too. So mm -hmm. it's like, if they know that like the farm down the street, like they, yeah, they have a farm pickup stand or something like that. It's, yeah. So, um, do you think like, is San Diego like good about like helping small businesses and farmers and growers like that? Do you think, is there like a good network or like good support for, for that type of stuff? Or is it like a harder town to kind of like get a foothold uh, and do that? I think, so there's this like statistic that like San Diego has the most small farms per capita in like mm. the U.S. or something like that. Um, but for me, moving from a small community that like was so ingrained in their like food system and I was like, I guess like such a part of it. I yeah. think it was harder for me to find. It was harder to like figure out where to start. And so mm. uh, I think that's a good question that you asked. Like, how do people who don't know start? Mm. Um, because for me, it was like a little bit harder to like, it wasn't like obvious on the surface, like where yeah. to go and like who to like network with and how to get like your fresh food. And like my favorite, um, my favorite farms and uh, like local producers of like mushrooms and other things like that. Like I didn't start learning about them till like a couple years ago. And so it was more of like being in the industry myself and then like yeah. networking through people, chefs that I know, like private chefs that I know and like the very good food foundation um, networking through like those sorts of places. What's that um, one called? The very good food foundation. Yeah. Very good food foundation. They do mm -hmm. a lot. Um, to support like small gardens and schools. Um, mm. They also put on like large events um, that, that are pretty good for like, like fundraising events that like support that endeavor um, right mm. now because like education people. awareness about that stuff. Yeah, they do like these, like, um, like I don't remember what they call them, like think tank events or something mm. where they'll like highlight uh, the ocean or they'll highlight, they just did one on cannabis. They did one on, um, like food is medicine. Mm -hmm. And so they like, these like, they'll have like a panel of people like in the industry that like are very well versed in it and then yeah. support that. Um, but they also right, right now um, are doing, they're making like tons of meals for people in the restaurant industry that like lost their jobs. And so yeah. 
pretty cool. They're a pretty cool company um, or a nonprofit also. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's a little bit harder in San Diego. It's not like super, it's not one of those cities. I feel like I lived in Seattle. Like it was more like in your face. People were like wanting mm-hmm. more of the fresh foods. And I mean that yeah. big market in Seattle, um, yeah, but I yeah. think more and more now, it's starting to come out in San Diego and there's more interest. And so I think the ball is like rolling. I think it just took a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. I think like some of the, even some of the more popular, like really big restaurants and stuff like their chefs are like, they really source everything locally. And so that makes people who go to those places think like that as well. You know, like, um, Brian Malarkey is the guy from like urban wood and all that kind of stuff. And he gets all of his stuff really locally. And like the fish is right at the dock, like right in in San Diego and stuff. So it's like then people who go there, if they're eating that stuff, then they're thinking like, well, if I'm, if I'm eating at home too, like where can I get my stuff? And And there's been like a huge movement. That's like a really good thing for people to know. Maybe link. Um, There's that dark side Harbor, Harbor dock side market or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like a pretty new thing. That's like really cool for the fishermen. Like we live Mm -hmm. in a seaside city. So like um, being able to source your fish locally, that's really cool. I really like that market and people are doing like like slow food has done a lot with them. Slow food, San Diego. my friend Christina does a lot with them. They're like really, yeah, I, I think it's starting to become more of like on people's radar, but for a long time, when I first got here, I, it felt harder to like break into the like local yeah. food scene. And it's also just, just like a busy city where there's like a lot of other stuff like fast food and stuff going on. So it's like a little bit of like noise and clutter that if it's just, you got to like go out of your way a little bit to start to like know people or something. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then one of the other things we were just kind of talking about a little bit, but for example, social media, like how has that kind of impacted or helped you grow your own business and, and doing these events and sort of things? Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's actually been like hugely beneficial for me as a tool uh, to like reach people. Uh, mm-hmm. I started following like all of the people that I thought were doing cool, um, things based on food and yeah. uh, wellness sort of in San Diego and mm-hmm. building sort of a network on there. And I've done like, so specifically with like, uh, this quarantine I've done, I did my first like zoom class and yeah. I, I've, or I did like a fermentation basics class last Saturday mm-hmm. and it was just, I only advertised on Facebook and Instagram and I'm yeah. pretty sure Instagram was like where I got most of the people from. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely like a weird thing where like everybody's sort of like on it and like, there's all, there's definitely like, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like not everything yeah. is like a pretty picture of life but Mm -hmm. i think businesses especially can use it as a tool for communication which is what i'm trying to use it for instead of like here's my perfect life that is not achievable for most people there's like there's like definitely different layers of it where there's like the aesthetic and like the the like modeling or whatever instagram influencer side influencer side of it and then there's also like business and networking relationships so it's like Mm -hmm like for, for what you're saying and, and same for me and my business, it's like, you can, you can pick up your phone and talk to your customers directly at any time and they can interact and ask you mm-hmm. questions about stuff. And it's like, that's like a layer of 
instant communication um, and yeah. relationships that you could you couldn't get any other way. And it's like that's like really breaks down the barrier for people to like learn and explore stuff. So I think that's like a super valuable part of it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, for you, that's like how you've like start kind of growing your business and get get followers, and then that results in being mm-hmm. able to do classes and like the in-person events before this. Um, right. But now because of this, one of the things that you just started doing, like you said this week was um, like an online zoom class where people just show up and then like, what, yeah. what was like, how did, how did, did you, you just give them a list of stuff that could be in their house and they just kind of show up and start watching and doing yeah, it? So it was more of like informational, but like versus hands-on. So yeah. I sent everybody who was interested, I sent them like an email um, with what recipes we were going to be making. Mm-hmm. Um, like ingredients not, list. Yeah. Not like I, I didn't, I just wrote the, like what I was going to be making. And then like some people took it upon themselves to like gather the ingredients if they had them. And one girl did it with me. She ended up having the ingredients, but it was more of like a informational, um, yeah. Just like introductory learning. Yeah. And so what I did was like set my little station up and I made the recipes as I went and talked about fermentation and what it was and how to like successfully do it and that you don't need all this like fancy equipment. But basically how it worked was like I sent everybody interested a link. They all joined. It was donation based. So people who didn't like who lose lost their jobs or don't have the income to support small businesses right now. Yeah we're fine. Like I want to be able to support those people and they are free to join. And then people who do want to be able to support small businesses have the opportunity to like help, help me out, you know? So it was Mm -hmm. good for, I think it ended up working out well. And there was like 24 people in there at one point, which I thought was a pretty good turnout. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then some people donated and some people didn't, which was totally fine. And, um, people were stoked about it and then asked if, uh, what the next one was. So the next one will be kimchi this Saturday. Awesome. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. So the first one, did you just like talk about like, like pickling, like the vegetables and stuff you have on the table there? Like, was there mm-hmm. a certain thing? Yeah. So it was, um, I did like a fermentation basic. So I focused on like salt brining. So like here we have some beets and mm-hmm. so we made, um, a fu- I taught people how to make like a percentage salt brine. So like, so, like what is that right there? Like let's, let's so, break that down. So this right here is um, orange cumin beets. So we made a 5% salt brine, which uh, I showed them how to do, like how to calculate a salt brine, but basically it's like three tablespoons to one quart of water is about a 5% salt brine. So we made the mm-hmm. salt brine. So that's salt. literally just, just water, salt, and like cumin and some spices. Yep. Yeah. So water, water. So salt is like your, your number one ingredient in fermentation. Mm-hmm. Like, for some reason, I always think of like vinegar. That's where, that's before when I said there's like two things, there's like pickles. Mm-hmm. What are the saying? <laughs> all, all fermented foods are pickled, but not all. Pickled foods are fermented. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Yeah. So like, so vinegar pickles um, uh-huh. are pickles, but they're not fermented. And those okay. are, you can still like preserve your food in that way. So what, what you're doing is like using vinegar is a acetic acid and that's preserving your food. The Mm -hmm. microbes make a lactic acid and that's what's preserving your food here. So they're both pickles. They're both preserved in an acid and that's what like where the confusion comes from. Gotcha. Okay. But so that's basically just salt, some water and some spices and then the, the and then our beets. Yeah. Yep. And we let this ferment for three to five days and then you can be, I mean, the bubbles is my favorite part. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> That's share. awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely like you can see the bubbles up here. Um, oh, it's yeah. definitely yeah. live and fermenting well, and it's pretty much almost done. Um, yeah. And they'll be like, they'll have that tang like you were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. That like lactic acid mm -hmm. will be like a sour tang, and then. Yeah. And now your, yours has like a fun, like a special lid on it. Do you need that? Could you just do a regular mason jar or like a like a, you can you do a regular use mason like jar. an old pickle jar or something like that? You could. Mm -hmm. What so like the whole class I did like talks about like all the steps that go into it, but basically yeah. the three things are like salt, keeping everything under the brine, and the right temperature and mm -hmm. time. So yeah. really like four things so yeah you want to like you don't like my like whole thing is you don't need fancy equipment you don't need yeah. like any sort of don't need anything besides jars to start fermenting because what you can do like so this one doesn't have anything in it but i packed everything so tight that yeah. like you can actually hear it did you hear yeah it? yeah and it's almost just because like the liquid goes all the way to the up to the top so it's like liquid sealed Yes. So basically yeah. you want everything under the brine because if anything's popping out under the, uh, out of the brine, mm. oxygen hits that. And that's where you have like your, you can start growing molds or yeast yeah. or things like aren't great for a ferment. So gotcha. everything under the brine is super important. Um, but this one doesn't have that. And so mm. I asked if you could hear it because it popped, it like sizzled like a, yeah, like letting yeah. the CO2 out. So basically what yeah. I did was burp the jar and then like the CO2 is released. Yeah, but you don't have a, I have something right here. Like if you don't have a, a, a this fancy equipment, you just use a jar inside another yeah. jar as a weight. Like you don't need any sort of equipment to yeah. be able to start fermenting at home. But That's I also awesome. recorded that class. So if anybody's interested and wants the link, I can shoot it over. Yeah, yeah. And then so this weekend you're going to be doing... Kimchi. Kimchi. Awesome. And so what is kimchi? It's cabbage. Uh, yeah. So kimchi is like a Korean style sauerkraut. Basically it's like, uh, -huh. you, you use, um, like traditionally you use, uh, what is that cabbage called? Napa. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Traditionally hmm. you use Napa cabbage and daikon hmm. and, um, like you can add carrots. You can pretty much you can kimchi anything really. Yeah, yeah. There's like a hundred different varieties um, of like traditional kimchi in Korea. Mm. So is kimchi like, just the spice and it's just everybody thinks it's because cabbage is like the most common like base ingredient, but is kimchi just like the actual like spice makeup of it or? Yeah, basically. Yeah. So it's yeah. like traditionally like using Napa cabbage and then mm. there's this stuff. I think we're in my fermentation corner. Um, it's called gochugaru. I don't know if you can see it. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Gochugaru, that's like the main kimchi spice, but you can have like white kimchi. You can have like kimchi that has like not like doesn't have that flavor. I think basically mm -hmm. what it is, is like fermented Napa cabbage and yeah. at its like core is like the traditional Korean way to ferment. Whereas like sauerkraut is like the, uh, like German. Yeah, Eastern yeah. European mm -hmm. way to. But it's the same, it's basically the same thing. It's it's like a cabbage is like the base like vegetable that it's that it like mm -hmm. is right. Yeah. Yep, and then you yeah. like process it in a certain way and let it ferment on your counter, and then you have kimchi. That's awesome. So this Saturday, kimchi. Um, like, what kind of stuff would people need? Uh, so if they excuse me wanted to do it with me, I'm going to show a recipe. 
um, like Napa cabbage, I'll have like use carrots, daikon. But mm. so for these classes, I really want to highlight that people don't have to go to the store specifically yeah. to like make any sort of ferment. So like whatever you had in your house. So if you had some radishes, if you had like regular style green um, cabbage, if you had uh, carrots, um, yeah, because we have like some, kimchi, some carrots and some beets that are almost bad. So like, yeah, we so would, it's like, pretty much like you make a paste and then you put the paste, like you soak your vegetables in a salt water, which is different from other ferments. Then you put the paste on and then you ferment it. And so basically you can kimchi whatever vegetables are in your, in your fridge at the time. And yep. that's what I want to highlight with these classes is that like, I don't want people to make special trips to the store right now if they don't have to, or if mm. they get a CSA box, like what can you use in your CSA box to be able mm. to um, ferment? Yeah. Like you, you can ferment any of your vegetables in there. Um, especially now where we're getting like lots of carrots, lots of um, like the cabbages are like our spring cabbages are coming out here mm. in San Diego. We have like root crops, like, transitioning out into like summer crops so mm -hmm. we're getting all those really nice things right now to start fermenting yeah awesome so that's saturday saturday 10 a.m saturday 10 a.m and it's a zoom meeting so they would go to your instagram mm -hmm. which is at the culinary gardener and yeah. then from there they just like there's a link or they would just like reach out and direct message you or so something. yeah they can so what i did last week was people either sent me a dm uh mm. with their email yeah and i sent them the link directly but then saturday morning i put the link up on my email on my instagram handle yeah uh, i don't know if anybody used that but i put the link up where like my website would be yeah yeah um so you can get it that way or you can if you send me your email and i know that you're in the class then i send like a handout to you after the class like with the whole recipe yeah. and like some tips and tricks and like i actually linked a bunch of the farms people had questions about where i got my like sourced my produce mm -hmm. so i like had a bunch of those links um, awesome well i'll get all that stuff after so then i can put it in like the little description show notes so then people can like check it out and really? reach out and all that kind of stuff so For awesome sure. well is there anything else going on it's mm -hmm. about it just getting through quarantine quarantine yeah just what are you doing like reading books watching netflix tiger king uh, we did start watching Tiger King. I was, yeah. It's hard to get into, actually, I thought. I think yeah, you, yeah. you have to keep going. <laughs> that, well, that's why, like, everyone's watching it, because, like, on the one side, this guy's, like, this insane, like, train wreck that you can't stop watching, but then it's, like, also there's, like, the animals and stuff, and you're, like, who's, who's like, actually taking care of it? Like, because the, the other lady, Carol, that everyone talks about, it's, like, she's also making money off of Tigers. Right. And, it's like, and it's, like, such a polarizing show. Everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Insane. So yeah. no, I did start watching it, but haven't finished. But you know what I did do, which is awesome, and that uh -huh. has been really great at helping out yeah. with, and mostly did. Um, we ripped out all of our non-edible plants, and we're creating a whole edible garden on our back patio. Oh yeah, so you guys like, have like kind of like a planter bed that's pretty much already like a raised planter bed around your whole kind of like backyard. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys were like, um, like. We, turning the soil and getting it all ready and everything. Yeah, so it was like super overgrown with like all of these ferns and like tons of huge succulents and yeah. had like two palm trees that were dead from that disease. Like mm -hmm. it just was like neglected. Useless. And yeah, useless. And I've been like, ha I had this dream for so long to like make mm -hmm. it a edible garden, like an urban yeah. sort of like edible oasis. And so we did it. We took out all, like, it was my birthday a couple weeks ago in quarantine. Yeah. And 
everyone was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to make my roommate's garden with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my favorite part was like, so you guys were doing that. And then we have like a group text with like a bunch of our other friends and couples. And because we all, none of us can see each other, obviously. So we're doing this thing where it's like, you, you like, see a chug and you send a chug so everybody's like filming a video of like how you're like chugging a beer with your family and like you'd sent we had like this group text of it and so yours was (laughs) abby your sister's following you along your little garden and you're picking all your carrots like at the end of it there's this bucket and you're like what's under this one and you pull it <laughs> you lift the bucket and boats underneath it <laughs> it's hilarious pull the last carrot out it was like perfectly head. buried under the dirt and you had like no idea until the very end of it <laughs> it was a pretty good one yeah so we were able to do that because we oh, yeah. took all like took all the soil out took all of the plants out yeah, yeah. and that was his brilliant idea he was like yeah. i think i can fit <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it was definitely one of the best ones that and um our other friend the trues they have like their backyard is like all their kids like like obstacle course and like true yeah. is not an athletic guy by any means and like <laughs> watching him crawl through his kids toy set like it, he did it like a mission impossible like movie trailer how it was edited it was <laughs> it's hilarious. Great. It was but anyway yeah. that's, so that, that's, we that's doing one thing stuff yeah. like that the quarantine cool. queen came out that day too. That's pretty good. What is it? My sister did the quarantine queen what is it? karaoke video. You didn't see that? No, video? I don't think I saw it. Half, uh, half of the videos on that group chat didn't come through for some reason. So I got like part of them, but I'll have, have to, to you'll have to send it, it to me. Yeah. That was a good one. But um, so yeah, we it's pretty much ready for planting, which is exciting. And yep. um, and that's another activity eating. some people if they have a yard can try to do right now like even a raised planter bed yeah. if you have like a little patio or i i've like filmed the whole thing so someday in my life i maybe will edit it <laughs> put it, it somewhere on social media yeah um, I, iMovie you get iMovie for free if you have an iphone so it's, it's on there. also uh Super like simple. a plug for my other company i yeah i i want to try it i just haven't yeah iMovie yeah yeah a plug for my like other uh Olivewood Gardens in National City, they're super mm. great. That's the um, nonprofit I work for. They okay. do, um, uh, we're doing like all sorts of videos for them. So I'm showing like how to make dry beans. My like coworkers showing how to like use your scraps to make veggie stock. Um, we're just doing all sorts of videos. So you can follow that on YouTube um, yeah. just to get inspiration in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also do a pay what you can donation based um, like I guess like like we give out bags of produce on Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. So if you can't afford to get food or like if you're looking for somewhere to like um, or, you know, just like hard times, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. come Absolutely. to Allwood Gardens on Thursday morning and get a bag of produce. Awesome. And that's You said that's in National City? National City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anybody can come. You don't have to be a resident of National City. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, cool. So I'll get uh, the information for that and put it in the show notes too, so. Yeah, but the, yeah, so the videos too are fun, and also I love puzzling, so I've been puzzling oh yeah, the hard jig, jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's away. awesome. Yeah, I just been trying to like read some books and do do stuff like this, like with my my idle time. So I get like these projects that have been like things on my back burner, like that I've yeah. wanted to do that just haven't like I haven't had the time to like push myself to do them, and now it's like I've got no mm-hmm. excuse. We've got like you know, there's still work going on, but it's like, you have time to like try and do some of those things you're interested in. So. Right. For sure. Which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think that's it. Any last. 
Um, Anything to add? No. Uh, mm -hmm. At the end of this, hopefully we can go back to our pickle parties. And, I know. Yeah, uh, in person. That's the... In yeah. person. <laughs> I, they're, they're much... They're, they're super fun, much more enjoyable than... Uh, yeah. I mean, actually doing the online class was funner than I thought it was going to be, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, we'll have I one at my house for our, our friend group so then we can all like see each other and like yeah. you know, blow Take off steam since we've all been isolated for so long. Yeah, for sure. But um, no, it's all good. Uh, if awesome. anybody has any questions or wants to reach out to me on Insta. Perfect. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you. Really fun to chat. Yeah. Thanks all for right. Having me. Talk to you Talk soon. You okay. Bye.